Hello and welcome to another episode of Galatians 2-5 Christian Talk. Living the Christian life isn't always easy and can be confusing. Join me now while we talk about a biblical perspective of Christian life and how to live it out in an ever-changing world. I'm your host Mark Kublank and this is Christian Talk. Hello and welcome back to the first official episode of Galatians 2.5 Christian Talk. I'd like to start out today by reading a prayer by one of the Puritans, and the authorship of this prayer is not given. Lord God Almighty, I ask not to be enrolled amongst the earthly great and rich, but to be numbered with the spiritually blessed. Make it my present, supreme, persevering concern to obtain those blessings which are spiritual in their nature, eternal in their countenance, satisfying in their possession. Preserve me from a false estimate of the whole or a part of my character. May I pay regard to my principles as well as my conduct, my motives as well as my actions. Help me never to mistake the excitement of my passions for the renewing of the Holy Spirit, never to judge my religion by occasional impressions and impulses, but by my constant and prevailing disposition. May my heart be right with thee, and my life as become the gospel. May I maintain a supreme regard to another and better world, and feel and confess myself a stranger and pilgrim here. Afford me all the direction, defense, support, and consolation my journey hence requires, and grant me a mind stayed upon thee. Give me large abundance of the supply of the Spirit of Jesus, that I may prepare for every duty, love thee in all my mercies, submit to thee in every trial, trust thee when walking in darkness, have peace in thee amongst life's changes. Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief and uncertainties. So today we're going to start our look through the book of John. We're going to be beginning with verse 1 of chapter 1, and we'll be going through verse 18. I'm going to read our section in its entirety, and then we're going to go verse by verse and break it all down. So we're going to begin in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own people, and his own people did not receive him. 
But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will or of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. So now let's go ahead and break this down verse by verse. The first section we're going to look at is verses 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So why here is Jesus referred to as the Word? There's going to be a couple reasons for this. It's God's Word created everything that has ever existed, and that is Jesus. The Jews would have understood this from an Old Testament perspective, that through God's Word was given creation, wisdom, revelation, and salvation. The Greeks, who were unbelievers or seekers at this point in time, they would have understood this through a philosophical meaning. Uh, Their understanding of this would have been divine reason, mind, or wisdom, all having to do with divinity, divine reason, divine mind, or divine wisdom. When we take a look at verse 3, we're going to see that the wording is, all things were made through him, And without him was not anything made that was made. What this is telling us is that all things were created through him. And to understand that, we're going to need to go back and look at the first chapter of Genesis. So let's go ahead and do that. So when we go into Genesis 1.1, we read very similar language to what John used. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Okay, so let's take a little side trip right here. Take a look at something. In the beginning, God created. Okay, so what that's telling us is in the beginning, from eternity past, God has always existed. Okay, so if we look at John's wording, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Here he's referring to Jesus Christ. So that's telling us that not only was God in existence from eternity past, but also Jesus Christ was in existence from eternity past. Christ was not one of the created beings. He has always been. Interestingly enough, in verse 2 of Genesis, we also see this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So what that's telling us is the Spirit of God 
the Holy Spirit, was also there in the beginning, from eternity past, with no beginning. So what this shows us in these couple of verses is the Trinity in action together as co-equal persons in the Godhead, always existing from the beginning. So we see God, the Father, God, the Son, in the Word, and the Creator, and the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. So the Spirit of God was there in creation also. Okay, so here in our verse 3 in John 1, we're looking at all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being. So if we look in verse 3, we're going to see, And God said the word, Let there be light. In verse 6, And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. In verse 9, we're going to see God's word once again. Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Then we go to verse 11. Let the earth sprout forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit-bearing trees, bearing fruit which is their seed, each according to its kind. In verse 14, we're going to see the word again. Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. When we go to verse 20, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures. Let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. In verse 24, the word again. Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. Verse 26, this is God's crowning achievement, his greatest of all creations. The word once again, let us make man in our image, not in my image, in our image. There is more than one. There is a trinity in the Godhead, three separate co-equal persons in the Godhead. Let us make them after our likeness. In verse 4, we read, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So the light shines in the darkness, referring to evil, and has not overcome or defeated the light. I want to share with you something that my friend Jeremy shared in church this last Sunday. And uh, it really seems to be applicable to this that we're talking about right here. What he said is, if, if we look at the darkness as the evil in the world, Satan's influence, and we look at the light as Christ's influence in the world, the true, the correct, the love, if we look at those two things, light versus darkness, any time you take a candle, a flashlight, anything into a dark room or into a dark area and turn it on, it always lights the darkness. Always. Light 
always lights the darkness. You cannot take darkness into a room and turn it on and darken that room. Where there is light, there's always going to be light. Where there's darkness, there's always going to be darkness unless light is brought into that darkness. And this is what we're seeing right here. The light has come into the darkness and the light was the light of men. Darkness will always remain dark unless light is brought into it. And that reminds me of another saying that I'm sure a lot of you have heard that says, evil can only win out when good men stand by and do nothing. And that's an example of what we're seeing here. All right, let's move on to verses 6 through 9. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. 7, he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. Verse 8, he was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Now here, John, of course, is not referring to himself. He is referring to John the Baptist. And he came to prepare the way, be the voice in the wilderness, to tell of one who was coming. Verses 10 and 11, verse 10, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. What does this mean? When Jesus came to the world, the world didn't recognize him. Evil had infiltrated the world so thoroughly that it no longer recognized the light. And the people rejected him because the world is so full of evil. The people that he came to, his own people, the Jewish people, completely rejected him. Okay, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back and we'll continue in our study right after this. This episode of Galatians 2.5 Christian Talk is brought to you by Keto Campers, where we're living the ketogenic lifestyle by eating a high-fat, low-carb diet and keeping our bodies healthy. Connect with us now on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Keto Campers, or email us at ketocampers at gmail.com. Okay, welcome back. Let's go ahead and continue with our study. Verse 12, and this is following up that he that Christ was rejected by his own people. Verse 12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So what this is saying is that he wasn't rejected by everybody. There were some who did believe. And they were given the right to become children of God, to become heirs of the kingdom. Verse 13 continues on and says, speaking of these people, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So here we're talking about not being born of water or human desire, we're being born of the Spirit. This is a spiritual birth. This is not a physical birth. And when you hear people talk about, 
I was born again, or um, when were you saved? I was saved on such and such. This is what they're referring to. All right, moving right along to verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So what this is saying is the word became flesh, the word Emmanuel, which literally means God is with us. So this word, God the Son, became flesh and dwelt among humankind. The only begotten Son, the only one of his kind. That's the meaning, the only begotten Son, the only one of his kind. There are and is no other. Okay, verse 15. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. So here John is telling of the eternality of Jesus, and he is testifying of Jesus' rank or position, letting everybody know he is not the Messiah. The Messiah is yet to come. Okay, verse 16. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. This has always kind of been one of my stumping places. I, I'd never understood what grace upon grace meant, so I had to dive into that a little bit. And the meaning that is apparent is this is a super abundance of grace given to mankind, especially the believers. You know that in Scripture where things are repeated, uh, for instance, when Isaiah is in the throne room of God and the angels are saying, holy, 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 that's about as holy as you can get in Hebrew is the thrice holy God. So when it says grace upon grace, that repeating is emphasizing the extreme grace that has been given to mankind by our holy God. Okay, verse 17 says, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law, which we know by New Testament teaching, the law points out our shortcomings. The law does not save. But grace and truth, which is greater than the law, came through Jesus Christ. All right, and we come to verse 18. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So what this is telling us is that no one has ever seen God because we know by God's own word that if you ever laid your eyes upon the Holy Father that you would instantly be dead. The other thing that we see here is the only God who is at the Father's side. This is referring to Jesus Christ as the only God, definitely referring to him as God. So that's where we're going to end with our look at uh, the book of John today. Uh, I want to finish up in Scripture by going to Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is broken down into 
22 stanzas uh, following the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and each stanza has eight verses. So what I want to do is read one stanza each time. So I'm going to start with Psalm 119, uh, verse 1. This is referring to the law of God and how wonderful and perfect and perfectly attuned for human flourishing the law of God is. Psalm 119, verses 1 through 8. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame. Having my eyes fixed on all your commandments, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. All right, everybody, I want to thank you so much for being here for this first official episode of Galatians 2.5 Christian Talk. I thoroughly enjoyed doing this. It's really helping me dive into Scripture and into the mind and heart of our God, and I hope it's doing the same thing for you. I want to remind you that you can contact us by email at galatians2v5 at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at galatians25christiantalk, all one word, and we're on Facebook at Galatians 2-5, that's T-W-O-F-I-V-E. And we'd love to hear from you if you would like to leave comments, if you would like to go to our Anchor podcast page. There is a lot of information there, and you can find all of our podcasts there. This is your host, Mark Kublank, and I want to thank you so much for joining us for this edition. And we'll be back next week, and we will continue our study of John with the I Am Statements of Jesus. Thank you, and God bless.